watch this video and I'll be right back. But I'm finding myself in a position now where we're making more money than we've ever made and we are literally the brokest we've ever been. Brokest we've ever been. Brokest we've ever been. Brokest we've ever been. But I'm making the most money I ever had my entire life. My husband and I, between the two of us, gross, make like over $80,000 a year. And if you told me a few years ago that $80,000 a year was not going to be enough for a family of four. I make more than what I made back in 2015. But I am still literally living paycheck to paycheck. I have to work 60 hours a week and make $80,000 a year to make ends meet. That's insane. I just, I can't even begin to wrap my head around it. Financially, I just, I don't understand anymore. I don't understand how I make $34 an hour. And I can't function. I can't function. I can't pay my bills. There's nothing in my life that I can look forward to long term. Like, I can find things that excite me or make me happy or that I'm thankful for in my day-to-day -day life, but there's nothing in the long run that feels worth it. I shouldn't be struggling. We make enough money that I shouldn't be struggling. I remember when I was a kid and I was growing up, my parents, well, at least my mother, because my dad passed away when I was 11 years old. But I remember my mother, my grandmother, my grandfather used to tell me the same thing. If you're going to make it in life, if you're going to do anything, function any kind of way in this world, you got to go to school. You got to make good grades. You got to get a job. Go go make good grades. Get in a good high school. Make good grades. Graduate. Get into a good school, good college, good university. Make good grades. Graduate. Maybe go get a job. If you feel like you need to go get some more education, get a doctor degree, get a bachelor's, uh, master's degree or whatever, go back to school for another two years, three years, get that extra paper, go out there, get a job, work for somebody for 40 years and retire with your golden years intact. That was the American dream. Yeah, you know, with the two-story house and the white picket fence and the 2.2 kids and the 1.8 dogs and the 1.6 cats. You know? And the crazy part is we're still telling our kids, this is 21st century, we're still telling our kids the same thing. Go to school, get a job, make good grades, go to school, college, get a job. But when I think about those, what those ladies were saying in that video, I think about a lot about my sister, my oldest sister. My oldest sister worked for for a company for 35 years. I'm not going to name the company, but it's a big, major Fortune 500 company that's well known in the world. It's got places all over. She worked her butt off. Went to school. Went went came. Went to work early. Left late. Moved up in the company, moved up to higher rank in the company. 
But then she got, then two things happened. She got older. She got sick. Something happened to her. She got hurt on the job. And eventually the very company that she was loyal to and faithful to started pulling the rug from up under her. They started cutting her hours. They started cutting everything. They they took away her pension. Where she had to literally was forced to have to retire. And she retired with nothing. They 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 literally cut her a check and it was nothing like what she accumulated and earned over the years. She had a 401k that she had to borrow against for other things until she found another job. Today, my sister is 65 years of age. Is 65 years of age, still working a 40-hour-a-week job. I think about my brother, who's 71 years old. He's still working, doing security work. Now here's a guy that's got a doctorate degree, 71. Still having to work a job. Now, when I think about these, what I've just listened to, and I've heard this a few times, but then I think about it. When was the last time minimum wage was raised? I can tell you that. The last time minimum wage was raised was in 2008. It went from 585 to 725. That was the minimum wage increase. Um, so if you were born at the time when Barack Obama became president and minimum wage was increased, guess what? Congratulations. You're now 15 years old because that was the last time the minimum wage increased for those who work in service industries like wait staff and bartenders and stuff. Those wages haven't went up. The minimum wage for bartenders and wait staff and hosts is $2 and 13 cents an hour. And it's been that way. Since I think the 80s has increased. According to statistics, on average, a minimum wage worker would have to work exactly 78 hours a week to be able to afford a one bedroom apartment. There is no place in the United States where a minimum wage worker can afford a place to live working minimum wage job. If you're making seven twenty-five an hour, guess how much you're making in a week? You're making thirteen hundred dollars a month before Uncle Sam gets his cut out of it. And if you are a single person, your check's gonna be a whole lot less. The average minimum wage worker makes anywhere between eighteen thousand and twenty-two thousand dollars a year. At one point when I was born, rent and mortgage only took up 24 to 26% of your paycheck. Today, rent and mortgage is 56% of your of your uh, of your uh, paycheck. Because while the wages while wages in the United States haven't went up, the cost of living has. We've had inflation increases in everything. We we the cost of groceries the cost of gas. Let's think about it. At one point, gasoline in the United States at one point was a dollar and something a gallon. Now it's three dollars and fifty cents a gallon on average.
So for the majority of American people that are living in this country, the American dream is really a, a damn nightmare. Because here's what the truth of the matter is. Yeah, you got a lot of people that are making good money. Good money. 34 bucks an hour? Sure, I wish I was making $34 an hour. I would be in a whole lot better position financially than I am right now. But I can speak for myself and say I've learned to live a whole lot less on a whole lot less. And by God's grace, I've been blessed. I've been able to function. But you got two wage earners in the United States of America that got two incomes coming in that are literally one paycheck away, one crisis away from bankruptcy, from living on the street, living homeless. If you don't believe me, look at what happened three years ago, not even three years ago. When COVID-19 hit and businesses started shutting down and all the regulations started coming in, and I'm not going to go into all the damn conspiracy theories of talking about it was set up by the elites or whatever. That, that, that I don't care about none of that. That's none of my concern. I don't have time to chase rabbit holes. Let's talk about the reality. Because the thing at one point, I had three different jobs working at that point when I was working when, when, uh, COVID, before COVID-19. I was doing some side work as well, side hustles, as well as working a full-time job or semi-full-time. When COVID-19 hit, I lost two of them. Because basically the only things that were open were things that were essential. Kids couldn't go to school. Colleges were closed. You know. People lost a lot in a very short period of time. And even though we don't have the COVID restrictions again, thank goodness for that. The point of it is a lot of families have yet to recover from when COVID hit. They haven't recovered and probably never will recover because they literally went bankrupt. They lost everything, their homes, their cars, not to mention their jobs, but everything else, a lot of, there was, keep in mind, there were more suicides during COVID than during uh, the Second World War. By average. But a lot of the problem is, unfortunately, most Americans are not prepared for a crisis. Financially, they're not prepared for a crisis spiritually. And we've had crises ever since some of the time I was born. I was born right at the cusp of the Vietnam War. We didn't had wars and tragedies since then. We've had hurricanes. We've had fires. We've had earthquakes. We didn't had fine, uh, assassination attempts. We didn't had terrorist attacks. And I look at these people and I listen to them. And these people, number one, 
Most of them are not. Number one, I see a lot of the problem. A lot of the problem is they're trying to live beyond what their checks are. And I saw that when I was locked up. You got these officers. They ain't making but $3,000 a month. They got a, a, a $1,100 car note. $1,200 car note. Then you spend another $1,000 uh, uh, for a place to live. Then you got then you got to dress the part. You got to look like you're successful without actually being successful. That's why you're working two and three shifts a day. That's why you're all angry and pissed off all the time because you're tired. Because you're trying to keep up with the Joneses. You too busy trying to put on an image. You eat too busy trying to put on a facade and it's killing you. It's literally killing you because you're trying to do too much. You try, you buying things you don't need to be buying to impress people that ain't gonna be impressed with you anyway. Because if they say, you know, you go out there, you see your got you got a Cadillac, oh, oh, and then you go out there and you bust your hump or you do all kind of crazy stuff by hook or crook to get one. Then they say, oh, that's nice, but we got a, but we got a Ferrari now. Now you out there trying to kill yourself to try to get the Ferrari. One thing I learned about money management, you learn a lot of lessons about money management after you spend it. After you done spent the money in nine times out of ten in the wrong way, then you realize that maybe I should have done this instead. Maybe I should have thought a little bit more about what I was doing beforehand. Maybe I would have been better living below my means. You know, I'm not here to impress so-and-so and this or that and i'm not trying to show everybody on social media that i got a bunch that i got something that's how problems get started that's how people get hurt and killed because you're trying to put on a, a, a show for a reality that doesn't even exist and then you got a bunch of stuff suits in congress in the senate that's trying to decide if the average Joe Blow has a right to health insurance, has the right to protect themselves and other things like that. But they're living cushy lives off the backs of our tax dollars. But they're trying to decide whether you should live or die. The richest people in the world could afford a Ferrari, but most of them don't drive Ferraris. Jeff Bezos drives a Honda Accord. He's worth $165 billion. He can drive any car he wants. He can buy a jet if he wanted to. But he would rather prepare himself for the crisis before it comes. He'd rather have the cushion ready in case a disaster comes, because it will. If history has proven anything, tragedies are commonplace, not just in the United States of America, but around the world. Financial tragedies happen. Again, COVID. Look at COVID. COVID was the biggest financial disaster since the Great Depression. More families became homeless and bankrupt during the, the short little three years of COVID than during the whole 10 years of the Great Depression. Because we did not prepare ourselves 
for a financial crisis. And I'm not saying hoard money and hoard food. I'm not saying go to that extreme. You got all these preppers out here hoarding food for 50 years, waiting for the nuclear bomb to blow up. I can say this for truth. It, 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 it kind of behooves me and kind of makes me wonder why a bank would be willing to give a kid $100,000 to go to school but not give him 25000 to start a business. But then I thought about it. In school, they don't teach you about being independent. They don't teach you about thinking freely for yourself. They just want you to follow along. They teach you how to be a good worker. They teach you how to be a good slave. They teach you how to follow orders and do directions and, and take orders from folks. They don't teach you about mon how money management works. They don't teach you about stocks and bonds and mutual funds. They don't teach you about real estate and, and cryptocurrencies and, and business and, and entrepreneurship. Those things aren't taught. Most of the time, not even on a collegiate level. Because they don't want everybody to know. Let's be realistic. They don't want everybody to know. They want every. They want everybody to blame the next person. It's always somebody else's fault. It ain't. I'm the the reason why I'm not where I need to be is because somebody else is holding me back. But even when all the time the information is right there in front of you at your literal fingertips, all you gotta do is tap a few buttons and you get it. But they want you to believe that somebody else is the reason why you're unsuccessful. And so you got the rich people fighting. Uh, you got the poor people fighting against the rich people. You got the uh, white folks fighting, the black folks fighting against the white folks. The black folks fighting against the Hispanic. You got the Hispanic uh, folks fighting against the white folks. You got the Asian people and the black folks fighting against every damn body. And they can just cut, they just pull the rugs right under from under your feet while all the time while y'all fighting and bickering and fussing. I feel sad for, for these people that spoke because I can guarantee you these are not lazy people. These are not people that don't have it together. These are good, hardworking people that have been lied to, just like us and the rest of us, believing in the American dream. But slowly but surely, the middle class, you had the poor, the middle class, and then you had the rich, the rich elite. Now that's being slowly deteriorating in a way where the middle class is being eaten up by taxes and eaten up by programs and eaten up by governmental problems to the point where the middle class in a few years may not even exist anymore. So you got only two groups of people. You got the extreme rich and the extreme poor. And we're seeing that in California right now. Look at what California is going through. Look at what New York is going through right now. And it's not because we lack information. There's plenty of information out there. The information is available to anyone who wants it. It's just 
most of the time, we're not willing to take the time to look at it and to study it for ourselves and to really see what it is. Because, number one, it's not taught in school. They don't teach you how to balance a budget in school. They don't teach you. All they teach you how to do is punch a time clock. Follow orders. Do what you're told. Don't make mistakes. Sit down and shut up. Don't work together and don't share. That's they're only teaching you that's that they're teaching you worker skills. They're not teaching you entrepreneurial skills. They're not teaching you skills that is going to help benefit your family. All I'm going to say is simply this. The information to change your life is available. It's out there and it's open for anybody to do. But the first thing we got to do is prepare ourselves financially. Ask yourself, do you really need that car with all that fancy equipment in it and the nice wheels and all that stuff? Or will this little car over here do what can do all of that and won't cost you as much? Do you really have to live in a six-bedroom house? Or can you lower your, lower your means to protect yourself from a financial crisis? Maybe live in a, in a smaller home, you know? Maybe work together as a family to help hedge yourself against financial disasters or against any kind of thing. But these are things that are not taught in our schools because they don't want you to know this stuff. But here's the crazy part. Here's the good news. The good news is all that information I'm talking about is readily available. And I can sit here and give advice all day long of what I'm going to do and what I feel needs to be done. And that will take up more time than necessary. But I will say this. Two things you can implement right now that will help you. So that when the next COVID or the next financial disaster or the next natural disaster comes, and it will in time, you will be ready for it, and it won't just hit you all at once. Number one, the best thing I can advise I can give you is live below your means. You know, a, a $25 pair of Wrangler jeans is just as good and does the job um, as a $500 pair. A $25 pair of Pro Wings is just as good as a $300 pair of Jordans. They're the same thing. They're the same purpose. It does the same thing. It has the same purpose. Now, I'm not saying go out there and move in the ghetto. But even we can take the ghetto and make it better. We can fix it up so it won't be the ghetto no more. But we have to work together for that. But the point I'm trying to say is live below your means so that you can have a means and a way of padding yourself, protecting yourself in case financial disasters come. Make sure you have X amount of money saved in the bank. Have X amount of money in other, have other side things that you can do. Things that don't require you to punch a time clock. There are, there are things you could do at home that will make you just as much money or not more money than you were if you were at your regular job. We need to invest in that. But the biggest thing we have to learn how to do is co cooperative economics. Every other group of people have done it. That's how they were able to build wealth. 
generational wealth. They didn't do it individually. They did it as un as as a group. They worked together. They helped one another. They built each other up. And now they have what they have. We got to do the same thing, ladies and gentlemen. There should be no reason why you, if you spend 40 years of your life punching a time clock, that you should still have to punch a time clock when you're 70, 80 years old. Now, granted, I know there are a lot of people that just don't like sitting home, and I understand that, and I respect them. But if you ain't got to do it, and it's not necessary for you to do, should you? Grandma should be at home enjoying her grandkids. Not having to deal with customers at Walmart. Grandpa should be at home fishing. Living his golden years in, with, with a smile on his face. Not having to fight through traffic trying to get to work on time. But that will only happen if we do the preparations today. And I, I'm going to, Lord willing, I'm going to do another uh, post on this so that how, how to prepare for a crisis and I'm going to have to just do some research on that. And Lord willing, I'll be able to do that for the next post. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter on whoisrugrat.net. Check me out on my YouTube channel. Uh, I'll see y'all later on. Big Mel, Who Is Rugrat. Have a blessed weekend. Peace.